This is Asking for a Friend with Kyone Wolf. I'm Kyone Wolf. Asking for a Friend is a monthly advice show taped on the third Saturday night of each month at CT Improv's Underground Comedy Theater in downtown Hartford, Connecticut. There are three problems considered in each show, and each round is judged by three audience members sitting right there in the front row. The panelist with the most points at the end of the night wins a loofah, the loofah of truth. You're about to hear a problem from our December 2018 show, and our panelists were Ryan Lindsay, CT Improv's Josh Marcus, and Will Rem. Now, this is not professional advice. These panelists were chosen because they're smart and curious and excited about getting philosophical and deep. If you think you've got something to add, stay tuned, because after the problem, I'll tell you all the ways you can put your two or ten or all of your cents in. Oh, and you should know that there may be profanity and direct references to adult themes in this episode, which is why you're here in the first place. But, you know, disclaimers. Okay, here we go. How do I decide whether or not to come out as polyamorous? And here's the context. It's been three years since we've opened our marriage up to other partners romantically, and it's gone pretty well. He's had a few girlfriends, none serious, and I've had a few wildly emotional connections with both genders. I identify as female. The woman I've been with for the past six months is really amazing. We suit each other so well. I can totally see her being a fixture in our lives for a long time, and so can she. But we've come to this fork in the road. We recently went out to dinner down the road from my house, and she grabbed my hand as we walked from the car, and I froze. It's a small town, and everybody knows everybody, and if anybody saw her do this, they'd think I was cheating on my husband, and they'd know I was also into women. And, and I know it's just other people who cares, right? Love is love, is love, is love, is love, and stuff. I may be able to come out as polyamorous if these town folk were the only ones in the equation, but my husband's family is very, very religious. Telling them about our open marriage is 100% out of the question. Now, my girlfriend deserves to be with someone who will hold her hand in public. I want to hold her hand in public. But if I can't ever be totally out with these other loves, then why are we doing this in the first place? My husband's family live many states away, so if I did come out, I'd only have to hide it when they visit a couple times a year. Where do I go from here? Is there a middle ground or should I get off the field? Ryan, get us started. All right. So one of the things anything. often that black churches do is turn to your neighbor. So turn to your neighbor <laughs> and say, neighbor. Neighbor. Come on now. Neighbor. Come on now, neighbor. Know thyself. Know one more time. Neighbor. Neighbor. Don't look at me. Look at your neighbor. Know thyself. Know thyself. So me... Knowing thyself and knowing myself, I would suggest that this person, one, would come out, because I think that we live in far too chaotic of a world to create chaos in our own lives. And sometimes that chaos is rooted in fear. Um, sometimes that chaos is rooted in the lies that we tell ourselves. And sometimes they're just rooted in lies like I can't. And so I think that if you love someone, then you'll work to not hurt them. And I think if you can't give your full self or your whole self, and let alone if you can't be your whole self in a situation, then you're not only doing a disservice to yourself, but you're also doing a disservice to that person. And I think that also can be rooted in a level of selfishness, albeit if that selfishness is driven by fear. So I would suggest that that person, as she said, she does deserve to be with someone who will hold her hand in public. And so I think that until 
you know, the woman can make a decision about what she wants to do, she should let that significant other go. Um, and she should also revisit the conversation with her husband about, you know, if I can't be my full self, maybe that means that you walk away from the marriage. Um, I think that sometimes we think about, if you think about the language of breaking up versus walking away, breaking up is suggests that someone's broken, that you're hurt, that things are falling apart, also that you've tried to fix things. Fix things. Walking away just means that, that you've chosen to walk away. You don't have to be broken or hurt at that point. So I think that this person really needs to have a conversation with her significant other, with her husband, and then with herself about who, I, who am I at this point in my life and what can I do to honor myself and then honor the people around me in my life with love. So that's my advice. Get off the field. Thank you. Will, what do you think? I think fundamentally it's a question of sort of being true to yourself, authenticity, being your full self. Uh, that's stylized sometimes. But I question the assumption that, like obviously I'm, I'm not so... Pollyanna to think that there aren't restrictions and, and confines on how you can behave in public or what's accepted. And she mentioned that her, her husband's family is very religious, but I was also struck by the word can't, you know, so saying that I can't come out to my husband's family or we can't express this part of our life to my husband's family or I can't be seen with this person in public. I just think it's important to distinguish between like actual can'ts, like actual things that can't take place and things that, albeit are, you know, are made can'ts by sort of very rigid structures, but we could do if we sort of just allowed ourselves to, you know, if we divorced ourselves from, from these structures and, and decided to live another way. So it sounds like, again, being not, not knowing much about Polly Amory, it sounds like what her and her husband have decided to do um, is something, you know, they're both a part of and, and they consent and they're happy with the setup and there's some hiccups. I don't, I wouldn't, I don't think the advice is to in their marriage or, or question, you know, her, her partner, I think, and this is obviously better, easier said than done, the question becomes to how do you challenge some of those assumptions around what is a real can't versus what is sort of a, an imposed can't. I would advise, and this is after doing a fair amount of self-sabotage in my own personal life and creating, <laughs> not going through situations just like this, but definitely I've learned through a fair amount of heartache uh, that that's usually not the best way to do things. and. Succinctly, I would say it sounds like the arrangement that they have is working for them in, in, in most respects. Then when you go to dinner with your girlfriend, like hold her hand. If people in town talk, like people, people in town talk, and I, I don't know how you advise someone to sort of just like get over social pressures. That's, you know, that doesn't sound, it sounds a bit naive, but trying to be something that you're not at work or code switching or dating people or whatever, it just, it usually ends in ruin. So um, she should hold a person's hand, I think, and just go get her Italian food. <laughs> nice. Thanks, Will. Josh, what do you think? Yeah. Get your freak on. Like, no, hear me out. Like, how is her husband's family going to find out she was holding hands with a lady in her town? That's not realistic at all. So it... it I think that she's got a lot of fear and doubt inside of her that she needs to conquer because it seems like, aside from her husband's family, who will not be in the picture for 99% of the time because I would, I would say that's irrelevant. I think the main pressure is just people in her immediate circle. Just be, be proud of who you are. Like You're dating some, some awesome chick. Your husband's been dating some, some awesome chicks. Like 
you're just going with it, man. You're 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 doing your thing. Like you're having fun, so don't stop having fun. Don't let some like judgy old religious people from far away stop you. I think that's how the crusade started. Um, that is exactly how the crusade. That's how the started. crusade started. That's right. how the crusade started. So you know, to to this person who submitted this question. Um, you know, probably years from now, you'll be listening to this after the divorce, so it won't even matter. <laughs> Don't care about what anyone thinks about what you like doing with your body and your fleshy parts. And especially don't care about it if it's old religious people who don't even live near you. Nice. Um, one thing that I think is interesting about this is like, if not for the religious family, if not for they, this really important part of her husband's life who come not a lot, but a couple times a year, if it wasn't for this, then they could be out. They could both be out. They're both closeted, right? It speaks to the power that we assign to family. So under this problem is that question, is how much power do we assign to our family? And in this problem, the fact that this is a problem at all is that. And so that division of the, the power of the family and the family influence and keeping the family boat not rocking too much, how do you balance when it's right to give family a little extra weight and to be like, this is irrelevant to you and I'm going to do me no matter what? I think something that I've, I'm, I'm realizing is that uh, family generally is not transparent. <laughs> um, and so I think a lot of things that your family projects on you are, again, probably rooted in fear or like not wanting you to make the same mistakes because they've been hurt in the past and there's some sort of unreconciled trauma. Or if, you're, if you find yourself sacrificing the parts of you that you find joy in or the parts of you that you have worked really hard on, we don't often talk about the tussling that we have with ourselves to come to a place of acceptance and love within ourselves um, and how much work that requires. So then if your family is sort of trying to be at war with that. Um, they don't know the battles that you've had beforehand. So, you know, I think you show them love, but you don't have to submit to their ideas or you don't even have to like, I think also realizing that you don't always need your family's approval to live your life is, is a powerful thing. So that's some of my thoughts. Okay. So my, my relationship with my family is, is really good. And it's, it's one of the, sort of the um, foundational parts of my identity and we're probably a little too close, to be honest. I probably still place way too much importance on the opinions of, you know, my, my parents. And, and, and I think it's better than the alternative when, you know, they don't give a shit. It's something I think about a lot. Like, you know, I'm, I'm 29, so, like, young, but definitely, like, a full-grown adult. And, like, should, you know, should be making a lot of my own decisions. And do, but think a lot about sort of my what my parents think and you know what people in my family think and I've, i think i've been fortunate enough to, to this point that you know i have the sort of family where they're not really prescriptive in any way they sort of let me do they give me the latitude to do what i like and what i think is important and i, I just think I, uh, I come from a really good stock so but the flip side of that is you know especially when it comes to relationships it's like it's it's ruined many a relationship for me because like i do you know exalt you know my uh parents, uh, my mom, in, in such a way. And, it's, and it's, it's, it's weird as you get older and you, like, you start making your own decisions and creating your own path and you still sort of are tethered to notions of like childhood and, and being a young person. So yeah, I got a lot of stuff I'm working through. Um, <laughs> Can um, I add something? Uh, yeah. 
two things. One is, I think it's interesting, I just realized this just now, is that how religious is a coded word, because what religion are we talking about here? Sure, sure. Um, it's definitely one. Christian. It's not okay. a religion that's you excited know about Paul. Like, I just thought about it. I was like, oh, my yeah, word. Yeah, you know it's... Um, <laughs> religion it, yeah. And then two, with family, ex accept, but, or like hear out, but don't internalize. My grandmother, rest her soul, um, would beg me not to get any more tattoos, any more markings on my body <laughs> because it's in the Bible and because would no good man want me with all these markings on my body. I have like almost a full sleeve. Um, but you know, I knew that again was coming out of a place of love and the same thing she told me um, when I was, you know, pursuing being a journalist, which I am now. She's like, I don't want you to do, you know, tell too many black stories because she feared that if I told too many quote-unquote black stories that that would limit my ability to thrive as a journalist and again a lot of that is just rooted in the limitations that she was that were placed upon her life you know being black and born in DC in you know 1938 so I think that you know you love your family but again realize that oftentimes like some of their apprehensions or reservations come out of fear sometimes your family could be jealous you know um, they could be hating on your love that you get and so just kind of take it all with a grain of salt and still don't necessarily shut them out I, that would probably say be the thing that I, I wouldn't advise, but realize that you don't have to be their uh, chopping block. <laughs> and the funny thing about polyamory is, uh, I've said it before, I don't know why polyamory keeps coming up on this show, because it's sort of ripe for a great uh, philosophical conversation, but those who are capable of being in a polyamorous, a successful polyamorous relationship are kind of superhuman to me because of the amount of connection to yourself and ability to communicate with your, your spouse it's no small feat and it never ends and it's not you're not in a society that defaults to it and so there's a lot of challenges but those who are really successful at it are are pretty amazing people so this is going to be a tough one for our judges because we all sort of landed on the same side of the fence but we all had different inputs so the lady of the box will play a fanfare while the judges write down the name of the panelists who you think really connected with this problem best Peterson, Lauren Little, who'd you choose and why? So my favorite quote of the night was, actually there's two, fleshy parts and get your freak on. Cool. I love that, but I didn't choose you, Josh, I'm sorry. Oh. It's okay, most quotable. <laughs> Honorable mention. Um, well, I didn't choose you either, I'm sorry, you had some good stuff to say. Like what is, what is a, a real camp versus self-imposed? I like that. Ryan, I chose you because I not only like your black church references, but I kind of like the things you say. You said, for example, chaos is rooted in lies, and what can I do to honor my life? And so I feel like the person who has this problem needs to start with that and go from there. Thank you, Lauren. Philip, 
I ultimately chose Ryan, but I was really feeling Will as well. Uh, I really appreciated the social pressures that he was recognizing and how that may call for code switching. I thought that was really solid. But Ryan, ultimately I chose you because I also appreciate the black church references. <laughs> uh, and so I, I really appreciated how you spoke to family coming from a place of love, right? These restrictions being placed on their lives, but at the same time them imposing it on ours because they think it's what's best. So it's not that they're trying to be like restricting, it's that they have our best interests at heart. So I appreciated that. Thank you, Philip. LB, who'd you choose and why? I chose Will because, first of all, he used Pollyanna as we're talking about polyamory. Which is kind <laughs> of on, Did anyone else thank give you for points for that? But also, I, I just I like the idea of um, what is the can't and distilling the situation. I, I think ultimately what you said was like, ain't nobody's business but my own, mm. you know, which is a lyric that I love and I think is true. Um, and I think it's important to remember that polyamory is not sex, it's not fleshy points, it's not swinging, and it's not freak. It is a, a pure expression of, of a different kind of love than maybe that we're all familiar with. So thanks, Will. Thank you. Let's Thank hear you. it for our judges. Right. Thanks, judges. Thank you so much for your heartfelt answers. All right, there's one problem down, all of them to go. Thank you so much to our audience, our judges, and of course to our panelists, Will Rem, Josh Marcus, and Ryan Lindsay, who won the loofah of truth that night. This episode was brought to you by architectural designer and overall superhuman Benjamin Oliver, whom I adore and I don't care who knows it. If you think this podcast was worth every penny you paid for it and more, especially the and more part, and you want to be thanked in one of these episodes, head over to my Patreon page, patreon.com slash Wolf. Thank you for keeping me going. And thanks to CT Improv in downtown Hartford for putting this show on every third Saturday at 7 p.m. You can check out all their shows and snag your tickets to this one at ctimprov.com. That's S-E-A-T-E-A improv.com. Thank you to our most elegant trumpet player and the lady of the box, Emily Catherine Peterson. Our show is live tweeted by master tweeter Greg Hill at Askin for a Friend. That's Askin, A-S-K-I-N-F-E-R, a friend, because of course asking for a friend was taken. Big thanks to our master stager, Joe Barber. Our problems and confessions are beautifully calligraphed in Osaka, Japan by Chris Gladys on our Instagram account at Asking for a Friend with Kion Wolf. And you can see his other crazy, beautiful calligraphy at mshades01. Our Facebook page is at Asking for a Friend with Kion Wolf. Subscribe to this show. Please share it like crazy and leave some reviews. That helps the algorithm gods keep us from the hellfire of no new listeners. And my friends on this podcast should definitely be heard. All right, now, do you have another take on this episode's problem? Or do you have something going on in your life you could use some advice about? Like I said in the intro, you won't find any professional advice giving here, just words of wisdom from a handful of people who have big hearts and not nearly enough stage fright. But go for it and leave a message. I promise no one will pick up at 860-322-2019. And know that your voice may be used in a podcast or a live show, or your problem may be worked into the show another way. If you're more likely to leave a message if I promise to alter your voice, either higher or lower in pitch, just let me know in your voicemail if you want to be a chipmunk or Johnny Cash. That number again is 860-322-2019. Or we can do this the old-fashioned way. My email is kion at kionwolf.com. All right, thank you for trusting your problems with this podcast. I'm Kion Wolf. I'll see you at CT. Mm-hmm.